Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 17 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Bettley. I've written episode 18 on my notes, but that must be me being... Yeah, it's definitely 17. Yeah. Well, silly me. (laughs) Silly, silly me. You seem like... You seem like you're going to die. No, no, no. I've just woken up about 20 minutes ago, so... (laughs) I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. I was d- doing my research late into the night. Yeah, I did my research early this morning in mm. terms of stats because I was, I was too focused on a certain stat this weekend that we'll get on to later on, uh, which I'm excited to tell our many listeners. Uh, but we're going to start with uh, the early kickoff on Saturday. It was Bournemouth versus Liverpool. It finished four nil to Liverpool. My tiny tip was never on here. No, never it wasn't. on. Uh, Salah scored his second Liverpool hat trick, and he's the first player to score a hat trick away from home in the Premier League since. Oh, Aguero. No, for Liverpool. Oh, for Liverpool. Uh, Robbie Fowler. No, Luis Suarez versus Cardiff in uh, March 2014. Okay. Uh, he's now scored five goals in three appearances against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was his first goal offside? Yes. <laughs> well, he was when Firmino hit the ball. Yes, I agree. Um, is he back in terms of what he was doing last season or is it just a mm. bit... Is it I a don't know about that. I mean, uh, if you look at this time last year, I think he had 12 goals and uh-huh. now he's got 10. So it's sort of similar. I just think... He's not influencing games as much as he was last year. No, but then, I definitely agree. But then with that. teams are probably setting up to mark him out of the game. So. I would also say that Firmino isn't playing as well as he was last season, so that's having an effect on Salah's yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think maybe Mane is the player uh, who, in in recent months, is the player that's really turned it on for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Salah hasn't really. For me, I haven't seen the best of like what we saw Salah last season. Although we've said numerous times, like he's probably not going to have the season that he had last season. Um, but he's obviously still scoring goals, which is what Liverpool need. Yeah, he scored a hat trick, so yeah. I mean, it's not bad, is it? I mean, Bournemouth did help him quite a lot. Well, I was going to say Bournemouth at the back were left they, a lot to be desired. I think, I think they just had one of those days, didn't they? I. I give Eddie Howe a lot of praise normally, um, but he got it so wrong on Saturday. Uh, he was very naive even when they were down at 2 0. I get that you've got to try and attack the game, but you're playing against one of the world's best front three. Yeah, I mean, individual mistakes didn't really help him either. No, no, I mean, no. I'm not sure what Cook's doing for the second goal. He's just passed it into. A Liverpool and, player, uh, and then the third, third goal. goal. Yeah. Well, well, and then the uh, the own goal. Oh, Great yeah. finish. It was Jimmy Traore esque. <laughs> um, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. Poor just, day for Stephen Cook. I just feel like that's where Eddie Howe needs to sort of um, like improve. Mm-hmm. Is on his in those type of games. Those being a bit more gritty. Tactical, yeah. And like we said last week, oh, he got it so right for a long period of time against Man City, I think it was. Whereas this week, he didn't get it right at all. Um, no, but he wasn't helped by poor officiating. No, and Yeah, that is true. I mean, I, I can see them staying in the game for longer if they hadn't gone one down when they did. Yeah. Um, 
Only three clubs in top top division history have won more points than Liverpool after sixteen games. Do you know who they were? Um, as in top division, not Premier League. Yeah, top division. Preston. Nope. No. Two two from Premier League and one from pre. United. Nope. Arsenal. Nope. Chelsea. Yes, two thousand five, two thousand six. Newcastle. No, I wish. No. Uh, someone like Blackburn or Norwich or no Spurs. So Chelsea in two thousand five, two thousand six had forty three. Mm-hmm. Spurs in nineteen sixty sixty one had forty six, and Man City last season had uh, forty six. Of, of course. Um, Liverpool, obviously, now the f- first team to go unbeaten this season. Mm-hmm. Um, is I know we're in like, game sixteen. We're not even halfway through the season yet, but is now the title theirs to sort of. Um, Lose. Or is it too uh, early? It's, it's too early. There's one point in it. Uh, arguably, City playing Chelsea at home, that's a game that maybe Chelsea should be winning. Yeah. They're, they're at home. Uh, whereas Liverpool haven't played uh, played United recently. Uh, I b- believe they play each other on January the 3rd. So mm. That is a massive game. Yeah. Massive yeah. game. Looking forward to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, biggie. Um, all right then. Anything else to say on that game? Yeah, I've got a stat for you. Go on, I love a stat. Mo Salah is the second fastest player to forty Premier League goals. Yes. At a club. Yes. But can you name the rest of the top five? Um, I'm happy to give you clues if you like. Go on, give me, give me. So in number five, we've got a Chelsea forward who it took fifty nine games. No. Pre-Drogba uh, Zola? No Currently managing I believe he's managed Burton QPR briefly Before getting the sack Oh Ferdinand uh, No he's of Dutch heritage uh, I actually don't know I'm enjoying I'm enjoying you I actually uh, don't know not knowing Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Oh of course 59 <gasps> In fourth we've got a City Forward uh, who it took 58 Aguero. games no um, was club captain for a while and then oh Toure went it's Toure Argentinian oh no I didn't uh, did I not mean to um, uh, he went back to his home nation without permission and was then oh, dropped yeah, yeah. Uh, in third we've got a player who played for your arch rivals oh uh, Kevin Phillips yep and then we've got joint top one uh, one is Newcastle's Shearer. best player yeah <laughs> but not whilst playing for Newcastle no, for he Blackburn. did it for Blackburn yeah. in 45 games and the other player did it for Newcastle in 45 games uh, either Les Ferdinand or Andy Cole Andy Cole yeah. well he done was a, he was fucking world class yeah. at, at the time good player not many England Cups no but 14 I think I think one me and my goal. brother have had this conversation before it was like in that period of English football, he was Svenja and Eriksson's first choice number nine, and for a while was he? Yeah, but then he just di- didn't score. He, um that 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 time we had a, an abundance of English strikers. Yeah, um, and not not bad ones either. Yeah, um, indeed. Well, Kevin Phillips got like thirty three in a season yeah. and couldn't even get in the yeah, squad. Didn't so, even get uh, just want a big shout out to James Milner for his five hundredth Premier League appearance. It's impressive. How far is he off Gareth Barry now? Uh, a hundred and something away. He's only he's the twelfth player to ever do it. 
It's not bad. Not bad. Fully no, deserved thir- as well. Thirteenth. Sorry. Fully I just deserved. Can't read my notes. Um. All right then. Burnley versus Brighton. It finished one nil to Burnley. Uh, the last three Premier League matches between these sides have produced one goal, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, Said a lot for this game, really. These two teams have the least amount of shots on target this season as well. How in many? In the Premier League. I don't know, but just between them, they have the least. Um, Tarkovsky's goal? Was it Tarkovsky's goal? Well, only sort of he knows, doesn't he? Because there, there wasn't a camera angle that you could yeah. conclusively tell. I mean, I don't think he'd lie about it. No, neither do I. Although he has playing, been playing so badly recently that I feel like anything Well, he's not been playing at all recently because well, he's been injured. Pre, pre-injury. Yeah, um, but he, he had some uh, penalty area threat. He had a cu- couple of other chances as well. Yeah. I think he did tighten up their defence a little bit. They looked a little bit more... Yeah, clean sheet was huge. Yeah. Um, well, huge in, in, in general. It's um, they, Like we said last week, I think we've got they've got a tricky run now. Yeah. Um, so three points was yeah, massive. Big three I think points. they can find them. I think they'll find themselves in the bottom three at Christmas. Mm-hmm. They should have had a penalty, I think, for the, the high, high foot. foot. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. It's given. Right. For me, mm-hmm. okay. It yes, it's a high foot. Um. However. He's never once looked at the player. He's always looking to clear the ball. Yeah. He's looking to smash it away. Uh, he doesn't actually touch Bardsley. Yeah, correct. And Bardsley looks like he's been shot in the head. Yeah, correct. Um, so for me, it's not a foul. Just because... Mm. Like, in that situation, okay, where how the ball is going to go a lot further if he just twats it with his foot than with his head. Yeah. He's trying to clear the danger. Um, so for me, not a penalty his eyes are always on the ball and that's the reason mm-hmm. you've seen you've seen them given where players have uh, players have like looked behind them to see if there's anyone there and then they've still put their foot high that is a foul for mm-hmm. me but when your eyes are completely on the ball yeah but I can see where you're coming from I know what you mean by prob- it probably would have been mm-hmm. a foul somewhere else on the pitch but I think, still think that would have been the wrong decision yeah um Go on. I'm just fu- fueling the fire. Um, <laughs> I don't know if things should be judged on outcome or what they actually are, if that, that makes sense. I mean, I didn't realise until we started doing this podcast how many grey areas in football there were. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we knew there was problems, but that's one thing that we've never really had clarification for, for, mm-hmm. uh, for is that like um, high foot thing. When is your foot high and when is it not? I mean... We'll get on to Torreira's goal, but has Torreira has Torreira got a high foot? Yeah, but there was no one near him challenging for the ball. So that that's that's my point. Is that? But it can, surely it can only be. It can't, if, can't so be a high foot just by putting your foot there. There's got to be someone challenging no, for the ball who the, might what be I'm in danger. Is that that uh, I think it was who was it? Basuma. Mm-hmm. Basuma didn't know that there was anyone there. He assumed that he was by himself. Torreira assumed by himself, but we're not talking about Torreira's foot being high. Do you get what I mean? No. So, because the defenders like not even challenged for the ball. No, I know, but as far as Basuma is concerned, he does, he doesn't think that there's anyone there. Well, that's his own fault. I'm I'm not following your train of thought no, here at all. I just personally, I think that 
it, we need clarification of yeah, that. Yeah. Either it's either you put your foot up above a certain height, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a foul. Because at the moment, like we have this conversation, we're going to disagree on this for forever. I think, but uh, what what I think is that if you a purpose, if you put your foot up and you've seen that and you know that there's someone around you, if you say. The other thing is that Bardley's coming from behind him. He's not coming from in yeah, front of him. Yeah. So, and he's going to kick the ball over his head. So he's not going to be able to see that Bardley's there. So regardless, like Bardley's putting himself in a situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so Bardley's, Bardley's putting himself in a situation to get kicks rather than uh, Basuma going into kick Bardsley. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, also, yeah. Bardsley's reaction was a joke. Yeah, yeah, but... Phil Bardsley is a bit of a joke in yeah. general. Um, yeah, I know. I, I understand your point of view as well. So what would you say would happen if the defender hasn't seen Bardsley, but Bardsley nicks the ball and he gets kicked in the head, even though the blokes had eyes on the ball the whole time? Um, I think Bardsley's put himself in that position. Okay. If he nicks the ball... That's another. That's a different question, though, because he's late then. Yeah. Because something that annoys me is when fouls are given when people head the ball when it's down by people's knees. Yeah, and people get and they get given a free kick. Yeah, it was behind. like, that's not a natural place to be putting your head. That's your own silly fault, you stupid bastard. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, on to... I mean, we cleared that. It was clear as muck. Um, Glenn Murray scored 42% of Brighton's goals this season mm-hmm. um, he's 35 how long can he maintain this because well, Brighton looked sort of yeah I mean Lacadia Le- missed their best chance Yeah, F- sort of free header he got in between the defenders in the box and he's put it over um, well obviously long term Glenn Murray's probably not the, no. the final solution is that somewhere they need to invest in January or can yeah. they wait till the summer? Well, ideally in January, but if there's not the player there to do it, then... I reckon someone like uh, Nikolai Jorgensen might be a shout for mm-hmm. for, for uh, Brighton. He's like, he's not a big lump, but he's got more sort of finesse than Murray has. However, he's a still a... He still can, I reckon he can score goals in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um more away woes for Brighton I think they've won one in about 22 something like that away from home guess who that was against um, but that's something that they need to sort out like desperately yeah um, they're still like obviously their home form is going to keep them up I would assume um, but they really need to sort that away form out mm-hmm. um, alright next game Yes. Manchester United versus Fulham finished four one to Man United. Um, Ashley Young's goal for Man United uh, ended a sequence of twenty five passes and involved ten Manchester United players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says ten out of eleven of the Manchester United players. I would assume that there's eleven players on the pitch anyway. Um, vintage Manchester United performance. Um, I mean, they were helped a bit by Fulham were just a bit open, which yeah. I was surprised at. Uh, that first goal, the defending from Adoy is really poor. Like, Ashley Young is a very one-footed player. You, you sort of know which foot he's going to yeah. try and work it onto, and it just uh, defending was poor. Again, United, United were the beneficiaries of... Uh, 
some officiating. I think Mata was offside in the build-up to their third goal. I don't remember that. It's when 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 they passed it. I think it's one of those. It's one of those that I'm fine that the decision stood because it's a bit close to call for the naked eye. But I'd say he's more offside than Deli Ali was. Okay. Um. They were complaining about the penalty that was awarded against them as well, no, but I feel like Herrera, he's gone to ground in the box, and yes, he may have got the ball, but he's tackled him from behind, which I feel, I think it's a foul, isn't yeah. it? If you tackle someone from behind, regardless of if you get the ball, it's a foul. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, go to ground at your at your peril in, in the box. Yeah. Um, Mata has 50 goals and 50 assists in the Premier League. He's the third Spaniard to uh, third Spaniard to reach his goal after David Silva. Yes, fifty goals and fifty assists. Yeah, Fabregas. Yeah, spot on. Look at that. Definitely had that stat. No, <laughs> I actually don't. It was um, for me. It was a committed Man United performance. Something we yeah. haven't seen this season. Definitely their best performance of the season so far. I would say. Um, I think. Obviously, like you say, they were helped by a poor Fulham side. Once again, shipping goals. Um, Ranieri really needs to do something now. There's 40 goals, I think, they've conceded this 40 season. 40 16. 16. It was interesting as well, wasn't it? Callum Chambers wasn't playing sitting in front of the back four. And when he's played under Ranieri, they've looked less open. Yeah. He had Anguissa and Seri in front of the back four. The problem is we said this in the summer they bought uh, they signed uh, a Fossey Mensa Fossey Mensa mm-hmm. uh, Mawson Chambers like Chambers f- only on loan yeah but to bring them in to bring the three of them in and to expect them firstly to knit together straight away and keep out defences is laughable really mm-hmm. but also Callum Chambers uh, I can't remember who was he on loan to last season um, was it last season season before maybe he's been out on loan plenty of times but he was didn't set West the world like, or was that Jenkinson no, I, feel, I feel like no that was Jenkinson yeah I'll have, have a little look but um, yeah he, he wasn't great Mawson in a relegated side had some good games we've spoken about Alfie Mawson before had some good games admittedly but got relegated um, and they've invested in he wasn't out on loan last oh, was year he not? who was he at the season before Middlesbrough Middlesbrough so I think that says a lot mm-hmm. like, no offence to Middlesbrough took, but I mean he's playing championship football you know what I mean he was signed for 16 million or something from uh, from Southampton mm, yeah have higher hopes for him than that to be going out on loan at Middlesbrough. Um, however, they invested heavily in their forward line. Seri, I think, was 16 million. Mitchell was 25. Uh, Shirler's on loan, two-year loan, I think. Um, who else have they signed? Obviously, they've still got Sessegnon and they've signed Vieto from Atletico. Players like that. They didn't go out and buy like a proven centre-back. You know mm. who would be good to go in at Good, good to go in at Fulham at the minute Robert Hooth Robert Hooth yeah he's worked with Ranieri before he's got Premier League experience uh, played in probably or like was a part of probably one of the best Premier League sides ever in Chelsea when they won the league um, 
about 10 years ago something like that obviously he's quite old now but just to have him there in the changing room even even if he's not playing like necessarily a lot of the time I think it's important for them to sign someone like that because who's their leader at the back at the minute no one no, no, Alfie Mawson's still only like 23 or something you can't run that back four and uh, Anguissa fully deserved that red card in my opinion do you think? yeah I thought it was it was two booking two yellows, wasn't it? Yeah, but for me, for the second yellow, he's tried he's tried to avoid all sort of and like I think Rashford's made the most of it. Yeah, it was it was just sort of I don't think the ref really saw what happened. I think it was an accumulation of, of yeah, fouls. maybe because he that but that that sums up Fulham this season. I think that sums up Fulham this season. Yeah, in that it's just like. More mistake, like mistake after mistake, mm-hmm. mistake after mistake. Yeah. Um, what's Ranieri's next task then? Obviously, they're still shipping, so they need to tighten up the defense. Mitchell was brought off at half time, by the way. He just needs to try and get get some results. Like even if they get like three draws back to back or something. Yeah, he needs to settle. He needs to settle the air. Uh, the team I think he said it was 11 wolves versus 11 sheep or something <laughs> they play uh, West Ham on Saturday we'll get onto that in a bit big game but um, let me just see if I can get the their next few fixtures up here um, but it's crucial for them to pick up points now yeah because as soon as they, they play West Ham Newcastle which I'm at Wolves Huddersfield so the next four games they can get points from and they need to they need to um, anyway let's move on uh, Manchester United play Liverpool at the weekend oh what a game to be able to watch yeah what day Saturday uh, possibly Sunday I think uh, let me just have a quick look <laughs> um, yeah I think it's Sunday Sunday at four o'clock. Excellent. Score prediction? We'll get on to it later. Okay. Uh, Arsenal versus... I think Liverpool will win. <laughs> They're at home. Oh, balls. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, Arsenal versus Huddersfield. It finished 1-0 to Arsenal. Um, the game saw... <sighs> The game saw fewer shots on target than any other Premier League game since October the 28th, both with two. Um, Mm -hmm. That's October the 28th, 2017, which was between Watford and Stoke. Um, Only one place to start, really. Uh, Torreira. Mm -hmm. New Kante. No, he's a different type of player, I think. Okay. He's been man of the match in the last six matches or something. Oh, really? Yeah. He's more... uh, Little terrier of a midfield player. Yeah, appropriate. Whereas Kante's more a. Uh, the terriers have good stamina. I need an animal that's got more. Well, it more just stamina. sounds like his name. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, I think he makes Shaka look a better player as well. 100%. That's because he allows Shaka to get on the ball and not have to worry about tackling because mm-hmm. he's not that sort of player if you see him play for Switzerland he doesn't play that role Yeah, he, he, doesn't, dic- he doesn't play like the dictates. break up play midfielder um, 
which I think is like something that Arsenal haven't had for a while. Shaka looked decent when he had players like Coquelin in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily. I'm saying Coquelin's a good player, but those two players sort of complement each other a bit more. Yeah. And he's he can pass the ball as well, mm-hmm. Shaka. However, Torreira I think is maybe the sign of the season so far. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, so twenty-two million. Twenty-two million. Yeah, bargain. Um, okay, the big, probably the big talking point uh, from this game was the Lacazette goal that was given offside. It was offside. Okay, just to play devil's advocate for a minute, is it not the next phase of play when Jorgensen passes the ball back? Um, he is offside from Abameyang's. I think touch forward, but Jorgensen then passes the ball back. Abamyang's touch forward is intended for Lacazette, so that's why he's active. Okay. Because because he he's the only player around that Abamyang could potentially have been passing it. Yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. That is true. He does become active, doesn't he? Yeah. So so I don't I don't think it's the next phase of play because the ball's not gone anywhere else. I think he got it right. I think yeah, he was offside. Yeah. I was just being. That yeah, guy. No, that's fine. Um, the Emery effect is being huge on Arsenal. Um, Fourteen half-time subs he's made in sixteen matches. I think it's funny because it's like, is he just getting it wrong from the start? But personally, I just think that he assumes that a team is going to play a certain way. They might set up differently against Arsenal because they think they can win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes alright I can see how you're playing he changes things and they win he's not being helped necessarily by his players because if you think last weekend against Spurs they played Lacazette and Aubameyang and they were great up front Yeah. but then they started together at uh, the weekend and weren't as great so yeah I think Huddersfield a different team though because Huddersfield are always going to sit yeah. against them whereas Spurs are going to be quite open um, I think just his um, I really like him yeah and I think he when I see him in press conferences he always seems like a dead sound bloke mm-hmm. so I'm always like if I was in a dressing room and I w- he was the person that was giving me my team talk like I would want to play for him whereas mm-hmm. I always feel like Wenger was a legend don't get me wrong he, he brought his new trip like he changed English football but I think in the latter stages of his career I think he didn't have that impact partly down to what the media would say but also Emery has come in and again he's changed things and he's just instilled a new like found confidence in the team and a player like Torreira I think is is someone that Wenger wouldn't have looked at mm-hmm. or like wouldn't have even looked at that type of player yeah um, and I think he's just given the rest of the team the freedom and he deserved his goal on Saturday more than more than anybody over for for his form over the last few weeks really 21 games unbeaten Arsenal yeah it's the best since 2008 or something 2007 uh, they, scored twi- uh, they won believe. 28 I think uh, mm-hmm. they unbeaten in 28 uh, Huddersfield were resilient go on what were we going to say I've, I've written resolute in defence from Huddersfield um, Arsenal had three bookings for simulation yes all three of them are well the Shaka one 
you can't really tell if he's been touched or not, but mm-hmm. it's soft. But the other two are. Only Shaka knows if he's been touched. The other there, two are the other two fucking are disgraceful. Yeah. Gendouzi's turned to the ref and like put his arms up, like I can't believe you've not given me a free kick there. He's fallen over fresh air. Would have been a penalty. It's four. He's fallen over fresh air. Yeah, you know you know our views on diving. Anyway, we, personally, if you dive, I think now we're at a stage where it just needs to be a red card, mm-hmm. or at least. After the game, you look at it and you say, "I get it." Okay, Raheem Sterling against uh, in the Champions League. Can't remember who it was against when he fell over, and everyone was like, "He dived." He didn't dive. He just fell over. Fell over, yeah. And like he didn't appeal. There's a difference between going over and appealing to the ref, and then going over and not. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe not a red card in game yellow card in game but then it's looked at after yeah but then I've, obviously there's great like Shaka you can't really see only Shaka knows really I personally I think he's he's, he's made the most of a light amount of contact but you know as well as I do that when you're travelling at speed he's a big guy you take a knock you go like you're gonna go down like regardless of like how heavy the touch is if it knocks you off balance you're going to go over I yeah. know that for a fact um, so I do feel a bit sorry for him he's, he got a bit ripped on match of the day on Saturday for that um, they've got a bit of defensive a uh, bit of a defensive conundrum because obviously Holdings injured Mustafi went off injured uh, Licksteiner yeah. and Socrates both picked up their fifth yellow cards as well. Holding so out for nine months. Yeah, he's got months. ACL. Yeah. Um, so they're a little bit short-staffed at centre half. Got Koscielny on the bench. Yeah, that's good. He's back so after he, Europa League final. I think he may was. be able to play. Oh, uh, and Monreal's just come back from injury, so it's going to be a bit of a patched-up defence. Certainly, um, if he's continuing to play three at the back, I th- maybe Shaka will drop in. Maybe I wouldn't, but he looks like he wants to play Shaka at the back. In a back three, yeah, he gets a little bit more protection in a back three. He's played left back in a four, but I don't think he's played in a three yet this year. No, but I mean, he's played in the defence in general. Yeah. Um, Huddersfield, that's three losses in a row now, um, but hope ahead with their next couple of fixtures. They need to pick up some points. Yeah, they're dropping like a stone again. Yeah, they're going to start to get cut adrift if they don't pick up points over this festive period. You can't make defensive errors in the Premier League. Uh, no, indeed. <sighs> so, it's currently uh, quarter, quarter past ten. ten in the morning and I'm absolutely knackered. Um, yawning like a trooper. Uh but yes, okay, next up, Cardiff versus Southampton, finished 1-0 to Cardiff, uh, South, Southampton's current 14-game winless run, drawn 7, lost 7, is their longest run in all competitions since March 1989. Yeah, that's poor. Well, it was 20 games. Uh, it was Hassan Hootl's first game, he only had two, ga- uh, two days really to work with the players, could you tell? Yeah, I think there was uh, a lot more intensity. Yeah, I agree. I thought defensively, they made a couple of mistakes, but I thought defensively they were a little bit more sound than they a have been. A little bit more sound. I mean, you can't blame the manager for individual errors. 
Um, unfortunately, Vestergaard's got himself in a massive tangle for the Callum Patterson goal. Yeah. Uh, I thought Southampton did enough to win the game. Yeah, um, I agree. Charlie Austin had three or four decent chances just in the first half. I think they should have had two penalties potentially as well. Certainly yeah. one. The other one, you've seen them given... Uh, Not the Redmond one. The no, the one. Redmond one, I think, just Stonewaller. Yeah, the Armstrong one... There's one angle that makes it look... It, the problem is he goes down very theatrically, yeah. which I think may, it sort of inclines the ref to be like... Mm. The Redmond one is, for me, is 100% apparently. Yeah, Stonewaller. Um, I think that, yeah, I think they were unlucky. Um, both sides missed chances. Um, I've written Cardiff lucky to win, question mark. Did they deserve No, they, the they had a few chances or? as well. Um, I think a draw would have been a fair result. Yeah, Callum Patterson's doing well as a makeshift centre-forward. For me, his, his two goals that he scored, like the one yesterday, uh, the one on Saturday, where he's, it was like the worst finish I've ever seen. But... The one against Liverpool was like the luckiest thing I've ever seen. Like he just stuck a leg out and it dribbled past. Both goals have like dribbled past the keeper. I didn't um, mean necessarily just because he scored. He's just he's playing quite well for a fullback playing up front. Did, well, I would argue that if you're a professional footballer, you should be able to play pretty much anywhere. Yeah, your positioning might be. He still plays fullback for his country though. Yeah, right, for Scotland. But that's because Scotland is shit. So yeah, um, the home form for Cardiff is so important. Yeah, four so in their important. last five. It's uh, I think they've won more uh, games at home this season than they did the last time they were in the Premier League. They've won the most points from losing positions as well. Shows a bit of resilience. Mm. I think they know they were written off at the start of the season. Um, yeah, I think that sort of played into their hands a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, when Chris Sutton said that they were the worst ever promoted team and that they well, would go they've, down they've already got more Cardiff, points than, uh, than Derby, Derby sorry. yeah um, Southampton play Arsenal at the weekend oh <laughs> not an easy game no. for Arsenal to go into it's no. at St Mary's it's the sort of team that he'll enjoy setting his team up against though I think uh-huh Hasenhudl. He's the first Austrian manager in the Premier League. Yeah, after you said that he was the Alpine Club last week. That's what he's known as. Came out as, in his interview and said he didn't want to be called the Alpine Club. <laughs> this podcast pissed Hasenhudl yeah, off. I didn't, I didn't come up with the yeah. nickname, so... <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Is it Ralph? Is that his first yeah, name? Yeah. Yeah. Ralph yeah. Hasenhudl. He sounds like something out of a Danube ad, uh, not Dan, uh, Danone advert or something. You can just imagine. We here we have Mr. <laughs> Ralph Hassenhutel eat, eating uh, some Danone. Danone. That's what they have at the well, end of their. Uh, I'm going to send that to the advertisers at Danone. Yeah. And get them to put it on their advert. Um, stop, uh, score prediction: Southampton Arsenal. Who's at home? Uh, Southampton. Two 0 Arsenal. <laughs> Wouldn't have made any yeah. difference. <laughs> I'm going to go an Arsenal win as well. Uh, 2-1. I think it'll be tighter than we think. Uh, West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Thriller. Uh, finished 3-2. West Ham have won three consecutive Premier League games for the first time since December 2016 and move into the top half for the first time this season. Uh, they've won three in a row while scoring three or more goals for the first time in the top division since October 1982. I did say that we'd score three again this mm-hmm. week. I didn't think it would be as close as uh, it was. 
but um, they're in the top half. It's going well for them. Are they, as, as it clicks for Pellegrini. I still think they're one of those teams that can go on a winless run. Yes, I agree. What he's got that some of the other teams around him don't have is they've got that little bit of stardust quality. Yeah. Uh, as we saw from Felipe Anderson's goal. They were set. Who was I listening to? Uh, Football Daily podcast. Uh, a few years ago, he was. Uh, I think he was playing for Napoli. Uh-huh. Was it Lazio? Or yeah, from, an yeah. Italian team, and he had an absolutely mint season. And like Barcelona and Real Madrid were like in for him, and the move didn't quite work out. And then he sort of tailed off. So went to West Ham. That's why he's ended up at West Ham. Yeah, but he's um, loving life because he's the main man there at the moment. Yeah, another player that's got a newfound confidence is Robert Snodgrass. Um, I remember a story he told about Slavan Bilic, which was um, when he signed for West Ham from Hull. He'd had a great first half of the season for Hull, and uh, he's about to come on. And uh, Bilic is like, "So, which side do you want to play on?" And Snodgrass is like, "You signed me, like." You yeah. should know which side that I play on, like, and he brought him on, played him on the right wing for the rest of the season. He was shit, got shipped out to Villa. Villa on loan, yeah. Um, he was terrible because he was being played on the wrong side. Now he's been given sort of, I would say he was playing like a semi-free role on Saturday. Yeah, and he played it really well. Well, he's a creative player, isn't he? He brings other people into the game. Definitely he's got, got an eye for goal as well as we saw. Yes, great finish, great finish. Uh, Crystal Palace, on the other hand, uh, again shipping goals. Um, they Roy Hodgson has some work to do. Yeah, otherwise there's... his job's under threat. Well, going into the game, they were the second worst scorers in the league with eleven. I don't know if they're still the second worst scorers. They need to, they need to buy a striker. Or Benteke needs to fire. Tim Sherwood. Uh, is probably one of the worst pundits in the whole universe. However, he was saying that when, obviously, he had Benteke at Villa, he was saying that um, if they can get him firing, they're a top 10 club. Yeah, but they're not going to get him firing because he's not done it for... He's not the player he was when he was no. at Villa. I think that was a one-off season. Liverpool killed him. Well, we've it's been proven that... It was a one-off season because he he didn't never really did it before that. He's never really done it since. Uh, I'm just gonna get his stats up now. Um, he's an interesting player because I think he does have some talent. Uh, he's got all the attributes, but then again, how hard does he work on the training pitch? Yeah, he scored uh, 19 and 34, 10 and 26, 13 and 29 for Villa. Then 9 and 29 for Liverpool. Then fifteen and thirty six, three and thirty for Palace mm-hmm. on this season. Uh, that's just in the in the Premier League. Uh, overall, his stats aren't too different, to be honest. Uh, seventeen and forty in his first season at Palace, which isn't bad, um, but three and thirty. Yeah, it's poor. It's is terrible. Uh, is it national record? Is not terrible either. 12 in 32 games but I suppose for a team like Belgium yeah it's not it's not great the question is who do they go and buy I I would say they probably need um, Premier League experience 
there's not really anyone available they're not going to be able to get someone like a Rashford on loan no. that's just not going to happen no definitely not um, Fulham play West Ham at the weekend and a tough one for Ranieri I would say in West Ham's current form but prediction Fulham West Ham at Craven Cottage draw I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham I, st- I still just think that Fulham's defence is shaky mm-hmm. AF uh, <clears throat> alright then on to the pick of the games this weekend it was uh, the the early late kick off it was uh, Chelsea versus Man City it was 2-0 to Chelsea uh, shock result three of Pep's nine Premier League defeats have come at Chelsea um, can you guess who, who else he's lost to do you know three of Pep Pep's nine defeats have been in Ch- against Chelsea yeah so six six other games he's lost he's lost um, Liverpool yeah twice how many more teams do I need uh, four four in the Premier League yeah uh, didn't they lose to Stoke? No. 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 I can definitely remember City losing to Stoke, but it might not have been under Pep. Um, Everton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's an obvious one. Well, there's the, all of them are fairly obvious. Arsenal. No. United. Yeah. Two uh, more left. Uh, Spurs. Yep. Yeah. Chelsea. No, no. I've already said them. Three times we've lost against Chelsea. Is it another? It can't be another top six club. Nope. It wasn't. Leicester. Yes. Huh. Um, City were were stunned. Uh, David Luiz um, was probably the, the the difference. As we've said before, he's a bit of a hot and cold player. He's either shit or amazing. Um, he's got spirit, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, City were so dominant in that first half and then a diagonal ball, f- ball from Louise uh, let I can't remember who it was that played it in William maybe uh, played it in and Kante who needs to add goals to his game it was in, um, I think it was, went, went to Pedro ended up with William on the left who just played it across the box it was a it was a hell of a finish yeah Sano's not gone with him and his reaction tells you that he knows that he's let Kante steal a march on him yeah I mean you can't do that when you're playing you can do that against Fulham yeah you can't do that against Chelsea I I think um, City lacked a bit of killer instinct without Aguero on the pitch or without a striker in general without a striker in Uh, general they started they started Sane, Sterling and Mahrez didn't they because they played Bernardo Silva and David Silva was it David Silva That is somewhere where when Aguero isn't playing, that they need obviously they need Jesus to step up. And he didn't get the opportunity. Obviously, we talked about his bad form last week and the fact that they've gotten away with it so far and they didn't on Saturday. Um, But I still I think that's an area like we said last week. We sort of called this that they need to improve that massively because there's going to be. There's going to be times where they play lesser teams and not the th- not the four strikers, uh, the four like midfield players that are playing behind aren't going to be firing. Yeah, 
and they um, don't have a striker to pull them out of trouble Chelsea played Hazard as their yeah. centre forward if you like kind of worked kind of worked he did it before quite a bit and he? he said in his interview I uh, did not touch as much of the balls like <laughs> oh you've just said that out loud Ed in. that's going to come back and haunt you um, was it a corner for this Louise goal you can't tell well, from unless you slow it down and look, I think it was a corner. Yeah, I think he's, my, what's happened is that just he's kicked it and studs. it's caught studs, and that's what's made it like skid yeah. across the floor. But it is—you have to watch it a few times. Yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't clear cut. Not at all. Um, I thought Chelsea were okay. I didn't think they were two nil winners. No, but to they took their chances. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the big talking point from the game is the is the Sterling racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we had the banana incident last week, and now we've had this incident. I just feel like um, something needs to be done, like ASAP. And it's sort of. I, f- I was really disappointed. It took the Premier League twenty four hours to make a statement. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, and that is the problem. That even if even if the uh, they had come out and said we're going to review the footage, but we're backing Raheem Sterling, you could see straight away. Watch his face when he hears it. He's like, yeah, and that- and it's sad because like it's not the first time that he's spoken about this. And I thought his like statement that he put out on Instagram was like dead poignant, really. Yeah. I, I mean, what's he done to deserve that? He's literally, he's playing for an opposition. He's playing for but, a different team. But fueled by, fueled by the media, and the way that he's been treated by certain newspapers that yeah. we don't. That well, I mean, I'm not. I don't read newspapers. I read a lot of stuff on Twitter and that. But these, like, some of the headlines are a disgrace. Some of the things that have been said about him, like he can't win. There was like. Oh, he's spent X amount of he spent like thousands of pounds on uh, on like a new house for his mom, and they're like he's just flaunting his cash, and then he goes on an easy jet holiday. Oh, he's a cheapskate. Like yeah, he's oh he's trying to save his money. Why is he trying to do that? It's like well, you need to get a fucking life. If you're that bothered about what Raheem Sterling spent his money on, just worry about what he's doing on the pitch. Yeah. And what he's doing on the pitch is incredible. He's probably for me being like in the top three players in the Premier League this season, he's been mm-hmm. quality. Yeah, he's been brilliant. Um and I just think for me, like it's an absolute disgrace the way that he's treated by not just the not just the media but like opposite certain opposition fans as well. Or I've actually I'm gonna do something that I never do. I'm gonna stick up for Chelsea fans in that um there's been a lot of people tarring every Chelsea fan with the same brush this week. And mm-hmm. that's not the case. Like, no, it's I've been one to, one bloke who's had too much to drink. Who's just been a tit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to say something controversial here, but it's not. I'm quoting someone else. Uh, I was listening right, to. This is a disclaimer. Josh says something bad. No, I, was, I was listening to a football podcast, and I can't remember. I can't remember which one it was because I listened to like four or five, and one of the pundits on there said. Oh, but there's a lot of uh, there was a, several other black men around the uh-huh. bloke who's 
shot off this racial abuse at Sterling. I can't believe that they've not said anything. And it was a bit like, mm, but do they want to? St- what if if they've been around him for like thirty minutes and they can see that he's absolutely hammered? Like you just yeah, you don't want to get in. You don't, don't want to get into a fight. Don't want to get kicked out. The what I would have loved Sterling to do is go to the steward. Who's there's a steward right there and yeah. gone. He's just racially abused me. Kick him out. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, the thing is that we've seen players like walk off the pitch for racial abuse before. And uh, they've got absolutely hammered for it. I think personally, if I if I was black and I was being racially abused, or if, even if I was being racially abused now, like I I would walk off the pitch as well. Mm-hmm. Like I can take like you're a twat, um, you're a knob. Like I can take like as much abuse as the next. Like you know, like we abuse each other all the time, like verbally not sexually and uh, like you know that we can like we we can take it and like we played footy last night and there's names flying around left right and centre right we, we can take it and our, I, think, our, I think our language on a Monday evening is pretty uh, oh, it's pretty tame. tame yeah it's tame not, not us like I the, just go the opposition for, I go for a nice kickabout and I end up with a semi broken ankle yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that um like if that was me and I, someone was saying that to me, I would be, I'll be off, and I'd just be like, s- s- if you are gonna be like that towards me, then you're not gonna get the entertainment that you're you're paying for, and yeah. you're ruining it for like the other fifty six thousand people in the ground or whatever. Big, big, big issues this week regarding yeah. that, and I think it needs to be sorted out as soon as possible. Uh, but Brighton play Chelsea somewhere where there's definitely not going to be any racial abuses Brighton um, Brighton play Chelsea uh, at the weekend score prediction Chelsea win I'm going to go Chelsea win 2-0 yeah yeah uh, Leicester versus Spurs the last kickoff on Saturday Spurs have won more away games this season than any other team in Europe's top 5 leagues uh, they've also played 10 away games of their first 16 is that because they had to move some games uh, I don't know but that means in the second half of the season they're going to have a big bunch of home fixtures and that because they've won 8 of their 10 away games they've also uh, had their best ever ever start to a Premier League yeah. season no draws routine win though that yeah, I thought without Kane as well Yes, what a finish by Son. He really stepped up. You know, he um, since Deli Ali's debut, he has fifty-two goals mm-hmm. in less games than Deli Ali's got fifty because Ali scored his fiftieth on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored his first ever goal against Premier League goal against Leicester as well. Uh, what a finish! But for the second goal, was Ali offside? Yes, but again, it's too close to call in real time. Yeah, again, I agree that. Um, we talked about like the benefit of the doubt for the striker mm-hmm. a lot, um, and I feel like the I feel like um, you can't if you're it should have stood. My view is if you're an assistant referee slash linesman, I don't know what they prefer to be called. You can't have the thought process of being, oh, I think he might be offside. Yeah, it's got to be. I think he's he offside. offside. Yeah, in um, in my book. So there we go. 
Uh, Spurs, uh, not uh, before that win, Spurs manager uh, came out, Pochettino came out and said that it didn't look like they were going to spend in January. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that doesn't really show progression. No, but then you're not going to get the same value for money in January as you would do in the summer. But they didn't buy anyone in the summer either. True. But I don't think just because a transfer window happens doesn't mean you have to buy people. And that no, Spurs have a very clear policy on this, don't they? Don't yeah, I, I agree to some extent, but what the way I feel about it, and I think we spoke about this maybe on the first ever podcast, was that if you don't sign anyone, not only does the squad get stale, but everyone's like, well, I'm going to be in the team. Yeah. Even like Musa Sissoko, who has one good game in like 30 games. He's played well recently. He's had like one good game. Shit. Um, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Um, even Musa Sissoko is like, I'm going to get in the, I'm going to get games because, mm-hmm. whereas he's the sort of player I feel like he needs to get pushed. Yeah. And I think if they don't sign anyone in January, he'll be like, sounds, I'm just going to stay in this team anyway. Everyone's getting a game for Spurs because they've mm-hmm. got too many games. Yeah. So he needs to freshen it up. I, he needs a striker for when Kane's not playing better team on Saturday they're losing that game I don't think they necessarily played particularly well on Saturday I just thought that they I thought that they was it was quality that won them the game like mm-hmm. the, those two bits of quality like the ball over for Ali and uh, Son's finish but there are problems at Leicester I would say at the moment I was talking to Oli last night Oli was saying that um, it's been about a month since uh, the chairman died and Leicester fans have already turned on Claude Puel um, they've just come off the, their longest unbeaten run against uh, yeah. under him I feel like I kind of have respect for Leicester fans in that regard in that they're not just flying on the coattails of the fact that their chairman's died and they're not like Obviously, it was a horrendously tragic event. Mm-hmm. But if you're hanging on and clinging on to that for every game, you're never going to be able to move on from it. And I feel like Leicester fans haven't. And I think that's one thing that I would like commend them for. They're not being like, we should win this game because... Who else should be nowhere near getting sacked? No, I agree. I agree. I think it's really... I mean, we, said, we said it last night, didn't we? Um... Winning the league for Leicester was both the best and the worst thing that could have happened because they feel like they should be maybe pushing top six and realistically, like, top eight is a good result for them. I'll put it out there now, right? If Newcastle won the league, I'd I'd watch them drop to Division 2. I would. I would. It would be like... That feeling, I think, of winning the league or winning a trophy in general... I, I, well, I mean if we won like the League Cup I wouldn't want to see us drop down but if we won the League Cup like that feeling of watching your team lift one of the greatest trophies like the Premier League that feeling must be incredible I'm sure you're the same if Bolton won the Premier League that is never going to happen no but if they did say they did yeah. like, you would be like right that's it if Bolton ever win the top division right I will walk naked through L1 okay you've got that I'll on hold record you that. hold you to that Maybe we'll be playing this in like four years. 
four after episode like four hundred of just another football podcast, and you're uh, you're walking naked through Liverpool one. Maybe we'll be filming it by then. Maybe people can see your wonderful knee technique that you've got going on at the minute. Can I just clarify, filming this or me walking naked well, through L one? Both. Um, Spurs play Burnley at the weekend at uh, Wembley or wherever the fuck they play now. On London. the park next to Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clapham Common. Yeah. Uh, Spurs win. Spurs win. 2 0 for me. Score? Yeah, we go 2 0. Palace play Leicester in a big game, I would say. Both teams re- need a win, really. I think Leicester are going to win. Heap a bit of pressure on Hodgson. I'm gonna go for a Palace win. Heap the pressure on Puel. I don't see why there's any pressure on no, him. He's lost. I, he's lost one game. I'm gonna. I go think. I think Leicester lack a little bit of bite without Vardy. I feel like Okazaki's not scored for like 30 games or something. No, Ian I feel like Ianacho and Okazaki. I imagine defenders go. They're quite nice to play against. Yeah, they're not really in your face. Forwards, whereas Vardy, I can imagine Vardy calls you every name under the sun. Yeah, uh, kind of like so that, I think I think maybe a yeah. spiteful centre forward in the January transfer window would be. Yeah. Score Leicester two nil two one. No, but be a one niler. I'm gonna go two nil Palace. God, you liking two? You liking two nil? I am. Yeah, I am. All right, on to Sunday. I don't really want to talk about this, but we're gonna have to. Uh, Newcastle versus Wolves. We can skip over it if you like. Uh, I wish. It finished 2 1 to Wolves. Uh, Newcastle have won s- six of their 16 games this season. Uh, You've won six games? Sorry, Wolves have won six of their 16 Premier League games this season, more than uh, they managed in the whole of their last top flight campaign, which was five in 2011 2012. Um, but I want to talk firstly about Ayose Perez, mm-hmm. uh, who's involved in. He's been involved in eleven of Newcastle's last twenty-two Premier League goals either side of the summer. So scored eight, uh, assisted three. Um, he was brilliant on Saturday. He's a scapegoat a lot of the time. Um, obviously, I provide a biased view on Newcastle. Uh, what did you think of Perez's performance? Yeah, I've always I bang the drum for players like. Perez because he's never going to be a 10 out of 10 in no. terms of like how good he people, is or, people but forget we signed him for one and a half million yeah, from Tenerife he is you know he's, he's like bargain 20. bucket but he's he's still like 20 he's only 24 23 something like that also by the way I was listening to uh, I was watching Hookie Stream last week for the West Ham game and uh, the commentator was like, Ayothe, Ayothe Perez. Ayothe like, Perez. Mate, who do you think you are? <laughs> Ayothe Perez. I mean, Rafa oh, yeah, calls him Ayothe. Yeah, but he's yeah, Spanish, he's, he's Spanish. loud. Yeah, so he's 25. He's been at the club for, he's got 158 appearances for Newcastle. Been at the club Stole. for four years. Hashtag Stole. One and a half million. I, I, and he plays an unforgiven role under Benitez. For me, he, he like wins the ball back. Well, he doesn't win the ball back, but he's he's like the first person to press, and uh, he sort of like I've said. I think I've said it before. He's probably Newcastle's like most uh, 
most obvious goal threat. He's like probably our best finisher. Yeah. Um, and eight goals, like, in probably a few. I think it's a few. Be a few months. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. I think he does have games where it goes missing, but I think he plays quite. An, he plays a massively important role in this Benita side, and he had a really really good game on Saturday. Um, couple of incidents that I want to talk about. The first one is the red card for Yedlin. Yes. I think it was just about the right decision because I for me I don't think that I don't think Lascelles is going to get across before he gets the shot off. Um I agree, although the one thing that I would say is that I we know how quick Yedlin is. Yeah. I think Jot has pulled him back before Yedlin's pulled him back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... And the only difference is that Jot has gone down. Yeah. And so I, I think it's a... Reg, it's, what was criminal was him losing the ball there. Yeah. If anything, Ridiculous. he's got the pace to get back. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know why... Even if he let Jota have a goal, goal, at least we've still got... If they score, we've still got 11 men. Mm-hmm. A lot of criticism's coming for Rafa this weekend about him putting Yedlin... Because basically Fernandes had to go off. Uh, he brought Mankio on. Mankio went at right back and Yedlin dropped into the middle of the back three. We've spoken uh, to the right of the back three. We've spoken before about Yedlin being shit defensively. Um, I think he did make a mistake, and uh, but... I can see why he did that because we didn't we haven't got any defenders on the bench. Shaw yes. was uh Shaw was suspended. Uh Lejeune, actually Lejeune who had an ACL he got it uh 4 months ago played for the under 23s last night. Mm-hmm. Incredible recovery. Uh so hopefully he'll be back soon. But to go to a back four I don't I don't think it would have worked against that front three of No. And, and Lascelles was shit again. Yeah, but for the first goal you conceded, I just think it's a lack of communication. Yeah. Because Yedlin's mark, arguably Yedlin is marking Lascelles' man. Yeah. And then, but Yedlin has to go out well, and Lascelles mark the other actually, lad at the Lascelles back turns and Yedlin's there. Yeah. And then he turns again and Yedlin's not there and Jota scored. So it's like, is that. But has surely Yedlin. Yedlin, yeah. Yedlin not shouted Lascelles? That makes me assume that Yedlin hasn't sh- shouted Lascelles because. Otherwise, he would move. He would. There would be like like turn, and he would be. It would be obvious if he had shouted. I think, but he's just moved, and it's ah silly, silly, silly. Um, Contributing to your own downfall. All right. The next one involves Jose Perez. The next talking point, and that is he went up for a header. Bolly swings his elbow back, and he elbows. Swings his elbow. I wouldn't say he's intentionally swung it. I think it's like he's jumped. Is it a red card? Yes. Is it a penalty? Yes. For me, I watched it again last night, okay, as I sort of like, I'd had a break and I was less angry than I was the day before. Bolly is at the full height of where, of what he can jump to and then he swings his elbow back. That's the issue I have. I saw um, some uh, McDermott. But his right right arm moves as well. It's both moves because if you're going to head the ball, you say you've jumped and then yeah. you go to head the ball. I, I've just spoken way over. The <laughs> um, for me, it was because he, he's not. I don't think he knows Perez is. It's m- definitely a penalty. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. 
My, my, I'm just my, arguing that it's not intentional. My other issue with the... Oh, no, I don't... My, you can't swing your elbows like that. Yeah. Regardless of whether you're jumping or not. So, But my other... The, the main issue I have with this, other than the fact that, again, we should have had a penalty and, again, we should have had a red card against us. By the way, let me just say this start. This is my favourite start of the weekend. Okay. Since... Newcastle last had a player sent off against them. Okay, let me just find the full stat. So, it's now 145 Premier League games since Newcastle had a, an opposing player sent off against them. That was Bradley Johnson of Norwich in January 2014. Only Wimbledon with 167 games from 100 uh, from 95 to 2000 have had a longer run without a Premier League opponent being shown a red card. Okay. Since the last time Newcastle played a team with 10 men, because in that incident, Remy got sent off as well, was December 2013. Okay, another four games, I think, on top of that. Um, and we only played the Stoke with 10 men for three minutes because they got they got reduced to nine mm-hmm. men um, three like three minutes later. That, to me is an unbelievable start when you think about some of the tackles that I remember I think I sent you it last night I think it was Callum McManaman on Masario Hadara mm-hmm. and he goes in with his studs on his thigh and it wasn't a, it wasn't a free kick so that's just one incident where the red card is so obvious and it just hasn't been given to us and this is what I mean by like the look is just I can't think of any lucky red card or penalty decisions we've had in the last like four or five Premier League seasons mm-hmm. we ha- we got them in the Championship I have to say we got them in the Championship but we did- don't get them in the Premier League and I don't know why that is I don't know whether it's like refs come to St James's Park and are like I'm just not going to do it I think part of it is Mike Dean fucking loves being on the telly and so loves a controversial decision so just doesn't give it play should have been stopped so it was a he- head injury. Exactly. That's the main issue I have with this. In that, and Mike Dean was saying to Perez, like Perez was fuming after the game. Mike Dean was saying to Perez, "Oh, the ball hit you in the face." Yeah, yeah. After the fucking elbow had hit him in the face, the ball wouldn't have hit him in the face. The ball doesn't give you a nosebleed. Yeah, the ball doesn't give. He's he's down on the pitch bleeding, and Mike Dean doesn't stop the game. That you clown. That man. to me is a disgrace because that is like. If that, if he has, if he catches him not there, and he catches him like on the temple, right? It's it's out a cold. few centimeters. He's yeah. out. He's out cold. And Mike Dean's just like, right, I'm just gonna play on. Ah, uh, it's just horrendous officiating. Um, Solomon Rondon again had a great game. However, um, Wolves. I thought Wolves were shit. You know, I don't get the hype. I don't get the Neves hype. I thought he was terrible. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a he's a great player. He's a yeah, he can be a great player, and he will adjust to the Premier League. Yeah, it's the you know the, he didn't have Moutinho playing next to him. No, which that's might, true. Might be a deciding factor. Um, you know, away from home, are they going to produce their most vintage performance? No, that's Probably true. Not. They didn't deserve to win at all. No, at all. and I lost a lot of respect for uh, Santo after the game. Uh, the 
the world's manager because he came out and was like oh why are we talking about these decisions the referee decisions like they've happened now it was like oh yeah are you going to be saying that when you get when you lose 2-1 in the last minute yeah, and you're reduced to I feel like managers in post-match press conferences just like are not they're in a lose-lose scenario yeah. aren't they but if he comes out and he says look like we didn't deserve to win um, we like we probably should have had a red card then I'd be like I think Sound? I did I did read an interview where he said they were lucky to win on like ESPN or something well be consistent in your interviews yeah um, but then that are you did you watch match of the day too no no so they might not have reported, it might have been match of the day too he said they might not have fully quoted him oh maybe so I maybe the on, journalist I watched fault. him on Sky it was a full interview on Sky and he never said that once prick um, only two teams have more Premier League red cards than Newcastle that doesn't surprise me at all Manchester United no Everton yes Everton are top with 91 how many do we have 83 82 82 uh, and like what would be a team that's been in there Arsenal yes yeah um, Wolves play Bournemouth at the weekend score prediction uh, at home yes on s- one all oh no it's not on Sunday it's uh, on Saturday I think one all one all uh, I'm going to go for a Bournemouth win 2-0 I've got a question for you go on Doherty's goal has Kennedy been lazy yes but arguably arguably Kennedy was uh, he'd just been brought on and he's probably our most uh, we're playing five at the back as well so mm-hmm. you've got to remember he's playing as like a, he's playing as like in a front three rather than in a uh, okay. in a full in a wing back role and arguably he's probably going to be our most uh, threatening player so I think that I said to I was saying to Naomi at the time, like as we were watching it, I was like, we need to get Kendi on the ball, and he needs to run at the Wolves' defense, like straight at them, and that's how, like, oh, like he instead of passing the ball off, he tried to dance around the players. He ran at the Wolves' defense, he did really well, and then he tried to dance around the players instead of passing it off, and he lost the ball. Yeah. So it's just like that's the youngster in him. He needs to sort of see the game a bit better. And I think that's why he probably won't make it at Chelsea yet because mm-hmm. he still loves the ball too much. If that makes sense. Um, Newcastle play Huddersfield. We've got a really like good run now. Um, yeah, big until game. Boxing Day. Uh, it's a huge game. It's at home. Our home form is shit. However, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win. Yeah, three nil. Yeah, I'd back Newcastle. I think it'll be one or two though. I think Rafa will be fuming. Yeah, he was fuming after the game. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, all right, last game of the weekend: Everton versus Watford. It finished two-two last night. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson has missed two of his last three penalties in the Premier League for uh, for Everton after previously scoring all six penalties for Swansea. Interesting start. Um, first goal: Richarlison Walcott offside. Yeah. He is offside. Does he touch the ball? Yeah. Then he's offside. Then I've seen it from the angle where he. I don't think. I think the linesman doesn't think he's touched the ball. No. Well, when I first saw it, I didn't think he touched the ball, which is why there's a reverse angle where he most definitely touches the ball. Um, But yeah. Well, then he's offside. Then I. I thought Everton were kind of lucky, to be honest. Yeah, they were just a bit meh. Yeah. 
whole performance was a bit meh. Um, was it a penalty? For Watford, for uh, Everton. Everton. Yeah, soft. R- just just get clumsy. your hands off him. Just clumsy. Yeah. Clumsy. Uh, great save by Foster, though. He's yeah. left his legs in the middle so that he, if he goes down the middle, which he has done the last couple of times, he's got it. And, uh, yeah, great save. Banging the drum for Foster in the England team, I have to say. It's 35. <sighs> so is Glenn Murray. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting in the England team. <laughs> um, Watford, Watford's two goals were two, like, obviously the first one was a little bit lucky, he came off Coleman. The Decore header, you know, he sc- I think he scored two in a row like two consecutive games when he hadn't scored in his last 31 games or something crazy um, he's class him like Decore he'll he'll get snapped I've just remembered someone. in podcast one you called him Didier Decore but that's a different player who what's his first name Abdelule Abdelule he sounds like Abdelule you know those songs that he used to sing at primary school yeah that sounds like the words in the chorus of one of those oh, songs oh Abdelule so <laughs> It sounds like a song from The Lion King. (laughs) Um, What a finish by Dinya to equalise at 95 minutes, 96 minutes. Yes. Great free kick. I think that's just about made up for the fact that both of Watford's goals came from down his flank. Definitely. I love Coleman's reaction when he scores the own goal, by the way. He's like... You what? He's like, (laughs) arms going out, like... That wasn't my fault. <laughs> Shame, Seamus, it like nothing he could do. Absolutely nothing no. he could do about it. It's just one of those moments where you go, oh, balls. Yeah. Uh, do you think Everton will see this as two points dropped? Yeah, I think that's a game they should be winning for me. Yeah, definitely. Watford's still on the air. Uh, do you know what? I like Watford under... They can't make their mind up how to pronounce his name. It's spelt Graffier, isn't it? But everyone calls him Garcia. Oh, it's definitely Gracia. Yeah, because Gracia. <laughs> people can't read. Gracia Sandero. Uh, I just sort of like them. They're just quite. They're difficult to beat. Yeah. And they're down in twelfth after a very positive start. Uh, they lost seven of the first sixteen. Um, with a minus three goal difference, they are playing uh, Cardiff at the weekend at home. Watford win. Watford win. Uh, I'm also going to go for a Watford win. They need to end this run that they're on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for 2-0 Watford. Love 2-0 today. Man City play Everton. Ooh. I'm uh, going to go for a draw, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just got a feeling. Uh, I'm going to go for City. I think there'll be a reaction. Uh, and I'm going to go 2-0 again. <laughs> If so, if every game's 2-0 at the weekend, at least we'll get some goals uh, and some clean sheets. Um, all right, then. A couple more things to talk about. The first one is the Champions League uh, is decided tonight. Um, Atletico and Borussia Dortmund already through from Group A. Group B is wide open. This is Spurs' group. Um, I think Spurs need to match Inter's result to go through. Uh, if Spurs... Spurs win, win Barcelona if if they win they're through yes they need to so if Inter draw and Spurs draw Spurs will go through yeah um, I think Inter will beat PSV yeah so basically 
Spurs face the impossible. I don't think Barcelona have lost at home in the Champions League in the, at the new Camp for five years or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spurs are the sort of as we saw when they absolutely hammered Madrid in the group stage last year. Yeah. They play the sort of football that if they get it right they could beat Barcelona. Yeah. But I I still think Yeah. This Barcelona too good. Yeah. Too good. Uh Group C, Liverpool's group, uh they play Napoli. They need to win to go through. Can you see it happening? Napoli are top of the group at the minute. They, if PSG win, okay, these are the things. If PSG win, they they will go through. If Liverpool need to beat Napoli by two or more goals, I think, to go through. Is that if PSG win, PSG are through? Yeah, PSG yeah. will top the group. I think Liverpool can win. Liverpool can win one nil, and they'll go through. But if they concede, they have to win by two. Yeah, it'll be an interesting night. Uh, is it tomorrow night they play? I think it um, is. Maybe it's tonight. Yeah, it is. They play on the same night, I suppose. Um, group D already sorted. Porto and Schalke through. Uh, group E sorted. Bayern Munich, Ajax through. Group F nearly sorted. Man City are through, but uh, it's one of Shakhtar, Donetsk and Leon going to mm-hmm. go through. You would assume Leon. Yeah, I fancy Leon. Um Group G sorted Roma and PS uh, Roma and Real Madrid through, and Group H Man United and Juventus through. So it's looking like a pretty decent mm-hmm. setup for the next round of the uh, of the Champions League. Obviously, there's Europa League fixtures this week. I think Arsenal are already through. Yeah, they'll be playing some um, youngsters. Yeah, they'll be playing. Celtic need to win to go through. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. Are Red Bull Salzburg and Red Bull Leipzig were in the same group I didn't realise Cray how crazy is that um, just having a look now yeah Arsenal are through uh, Rangers need to win to go through as well mm-hmm. um, other than that there's no other obviously uh, Chelsea are already through they've won 5 out of 5 have you seen Kilmarnock by the way at top of the Scottish Premier League yeah and they've got the most points in this calendar year of any Scottish team. Oh, they're not anymore because oh, uh, Celtic anymore. beat them four nil or three nil or something. Okay, the well, yeah, no, going into the weekend is what yeah. I meant. But they've got Celtic the, have two games in hand as well now. They've got the tenth biggest budget of the twelve teams. Wow, Stevie Clark. Stevie Clark. Wasn't he quite harshly sacked by West Brom, I seem to remember? No, I think he was deservedly sacked by West Brom, but oh. he, uh, he... He's a good coach. He's one of those that, like, he's great as a coach, but then yeah. when he moved up to being the manager, just wasn't... Yeah, I'm just looking at the Scottish Premier League now. Yeah, Celtic have got two games in hand on Kilmarnock. They're two points ahead. Rangers have uh, two points behind Celtic in second and have a game in hand. Um, Gerard's doing a good job. He's doing it. He is doing a good job. If they get through in the Europa League as well, you would you would argue that it's uh, they don't really have household names, are they? No, not at all. They've got probably the best striker in Scottish football, Morelos. Yeah, yeah, but he keeps getting himself sent off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's sent off about three times this season. Um, all right, next uh, next thing I want to talk about is you uh, and Pele are on the same wavelength. Really? So Pele came out this week and said, and I quote, this is about Messi. 
How can you make a comparison between a guy who heads the ball well, shoots with the left, shoots with the right, and another, so Ronaldo, and another, Messi, who only shoots with one leg, only has one skill and doesn't head the ball well? And then that's a, that's a bit harsh. Messi, this Messi went out on Saturday and scored two free kicks, one with his right foot and one with his left foot. <laughs> Love that. Um, go on, thoughts on that quote? I think is Pe- he losing his marbles? I think Pele is losing his. I think Pele is just jealous that like. I yeah. mean, I'd never seen Pele play, so I can't can't qualify as to his ability I know he's an was an incredible player but football when he was playing is a lot different to football today oh, yeah definitely there was no offside or a different offside rule when Pele was playing and everyone was just trying to take lumps out of you in those days <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah I think it's just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's so funny um, I downward, just find it funny that you and, justifiable, you and, you and Pelle think not that uh, Messi's well, shit great minds yeah. and all that. <laughs> great footballing minds um, alright last week's question was uh, what is the biggest rivalry in world football uh, we've had a, lots and lots of suggestions on this I've got um, a top five or I have a top one mm-hmm. go on then Josh you go first so, and I'll read out some of the uh, outside of my five. top five I've just listed all the British ones you know yeah. you've got your Arsenal Spurs your Liverpool Everton your Liverpool United your Newcastle Sunderland Newcastle Sunderland your, your Bolton your any team <laughs> that wants to play them because they'll win Bolton and oh, Bolton's under 23s Bolton yet. Well, oh, go on remind us God. No, we'll get get onto it in a minute. Um, so I've stayed away from English clubs in my top okay. five. So I've sort of gone for a top five because I'm an English football fan, so I don't want to be biased. Okay. So I've gone in fifth place. I've gone for Flamengo versus Fluminense, which is the okay. Rio de Janeiro derby. Yeah. Uh, in 1963, 194,000 people attended the game. Wow, that's crazy. In the Mar- in the Maracanã. Maracanã. Yeah. Uh, number four, I've gone for Roma versus Lazio, the derby of the Italian capital. Yeah, always a brutal fixture. In third, I've gone for Boca Juniors and River Plate. Yeah, hasn't that been a bit controversial recently? Didn't they have to move the um, the yeah the it got tournament. postponed and then postponed again? Copa Libertadores. Of, Copa Libertadores. Uh, is that the Argentinian yeah. trophy? Yeah. yeah. Then second, I've gone for the old firm derby. Okay, yeah. Rangers versus Celtic because they literally, I believe it was either some Celtic or some Rangers fans got in a bit of trouble because they hung mannequins yeah. from the stand with the opposing team's scarf around their neck. Yeah. It was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, pe- yeah. people have been killed, haven't they, in, yeah. in Glasgow because of who, who they support. And then my biggest rivalry I've gone for El Clasico yeah because I mean I, I can't obviously I don't know what it's like when when Arsenal play Spurs in Spain what the what the uh, but it's always when Real Madrid are playing Barcelona it's massive in yeah. England yeah and I mean I I I hate that you see like four year old kids walking around with Barcelona tops on it's like come on that's not who they support is what's it? they been on holiday there yeah I know what football shirts do you have? Just England and Bolton? No. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't tend to yeah. wear, wear them in public. No, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, what do I have? I've got a lot of England ones. I've got Germany. I've got Cheeky Naldos, home and yeah. away. <laughs> uh, Cheeky Naldos, just to clarify for those that don't know, is our six-a-side Monday 
Top of the team. league. Yeah, we are top of the top league. Of the four league. wins out of four, guys. Four wins out of four. Um, anyway, right. back to important things. Oh, Cheeky Naldos. That, that's that got to be the biggest rivalry in football. Cheeky <laughs> Naldos and any team we play. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Now, my clarification is there's a difference. So, a lot of the suggestions that we had were... Um, were Celtic Rangers uh, were like the uh, Copper Libertadores uh, thing uh, like West Ham Millwall uh, Boca River Plate however there's a diff- for me there's a difference between the biggest rivalry and the most brutal mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or like the most fierce and I the question that we're asking is the biggest rivalry, biggest rivalry in football, not the most brutal. So West Ham Millwall, would I watch West Ham Millwall for the football? No, no, I would watch West Ham Millwall so they would beat chunks out of each other. So I've gone for three, okay, not necessarily in an order. The first one is Liverpool versus Man United. I think is probably the biggest or in recent history mm-hmm. is the biggest game that I think it probably commands the most uh the most viewers across the world of uh, like in of England uh, maybe at the moment I would say that like the current one is Man City Man United yeah um in terms of like probably like global audience what you would get um another huge one is Milan versus Inter um, obviously the Milan derby is like huge in in Italy especially and, and in in recent years not so much but in the past definitely has been a huge one because both teams were, it was like the t- whoever won that game would win the title and then I agree with you Barca versus Madrid the El Clasico is like I would say is probably the biggest football game on the planet mm-hmm. um, two probably the two best teams in the world going going at it I, th- I think you can't you can't say that that uh, Boca versus River Plate is like the biggest game because it's global audience is not I mean how many how many people here have ever watched Boca River Plate like I've never watched Boca versus River Plate yeah. like in the league it is a fierce rivalry don't get me wrong I mean like like Millwall West Ham like they are like to the people that support those clubs they're massive to them but as a global thing I don't think they are and I think it's like two different questions I I've, I think p- people have perceived it in two different ways mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. uh, or as I perceived it as like what is the biggest football game on the planet mm-hmm. and that's got to be the El Clasico for me Um, right okay the last thing JB's tiny tip god where it's do I not turn? going well. Where I'm going to have to put some more money in my Sky account right now. Oops. By the way, if there's anyone listening from Skybet, we would love a sponsorship. We would love to be Jaffpod sponsored by Skybet. That would be great. Let me just put some money in my Give account Give us some here. free bets. Yeah. Just I'd a brief love, summary. I only of... put a pound on a week. I only put a pound on a week. I'll do a brief summary of Bolton while you're putting that in. 2-0 down against the team top of the league. Manfully fought back to 2 all, And then we did our classic of conceding in the last minute. <laughs> yeah, it was literally the 96th minute or something. Yeah. You did well to come back, though. Yeah, Sammy Ami Obi got on the score sheet and then got sent off. Shows a bit of character, but just don't go 2-0 down in the first place. Yep, that is true. But the team that were top of the league, 
Yeah, that well, they still are. I yeah. assume if they won, that for me shows some fighting spirit, which is what Bolton need at the minute. Yeah, we need to win some games. That is true. All right then, JB's tiny tip. Go for it. What are the odds on Liverpool and Man United sharing four goals and one red card? What? Uh, okay, sharing four goals, so three, uh, three and a half goals or more. Let's have a look. Da, 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 da. Um, where are you? Yeah, so full-time result. Oh, I can go full-time result and over three and a half. Oh, both teams to score three and a half goal over three and a half goals uh, is f- two to one. Mm-hmm. And then a red a red card to anyone. Yeah. Let's see if I can get this in somewhere. Uh, I can't find red cards. No, I can't find red cards. Sorry, oh, Josh. Oh, gutting. We should probably talk about this before, and then we can... Uh, yeah. I can try and find it. I'll have a little bit longer to find it. But no, I can't find uh, red cards, unfortunately. I can find clean sheet. I can find... But that they would contradict each other. Why do they make it, like, three and a half? Because it's never going to be three and a half. Yeah, I know. That's the point. Yeah. If you say three goals or more, is that... They have to score four goals between them, or ah uh, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to put it on both teams to score? Yeah, and over three and a half goals. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. Is that two to one? Yeah, couple of quid. Let's get you back on track. Yeah, go on then. We'll go. We'll go for a, a smaller bet. There we go. I'm getting you back on track. We hope so. All right. Anything else to talk about this I week? I don't think so. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, on podcasts, whatever platform you're using, on SoundCloud or whatever. Um, I'm glad that we've come and done this early in the morning. I feel like reinvigorated with football. I'm going to the Manchester Christmas markets today and I needed something to pick me up and to spur me on to go over there and be Christmassy. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, follow us at JaffPod. Oh, we haven't done a question for this week. It's your turn. It's my turn. All right. I'm going to go. Question for this week, okay? Right, camp it's going to be leg. a question that we were going to do a few weeks ago. And that I want the best celebration you've ever seen. Best goal celebration. Best goal celebration you've ever seen. I've already got and mine. your worst goal celebration you've ever seen. Uh, okay. Now, there's a few options for me. Alan Shearer is going to be up there, but he's probably not going to win. It is the most iconic goal celebration. Lamana Tressa, Lamana. No, we Lamar. want the best celebration you've ever seen and the worst celebration you've ever seen. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, follow us on JaffPod, get involved uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us as well at Josh Bentley Music and at Danny Miller ninety five. And I'm nearly we'll... at seven hundred on the Instagram. Oh, that's amazing! Mm. That's amazing. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Spot on. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.